Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I have, we always open up with some really exciting news. So, I have some for you. Okay. Chris Wallace, the so called moderator of Tuesday night's debate, the immoderator. <laughs> who, the, yes, the Biden fluffer. <laughs> Let's put it. And if you don't know what fluffer is, listener, go look it up and you'll understand. Um, So apparently Chris Wallace told The New York Times that he was sad the way that Tuesday night turned out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I never I never dreamt that it would go off the tracks the way it did. And he called his so-called moderating a terrible missed opportunity. Oh, wow. Um. I didn't see that coming. I I uh, agree with you. I'm 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 surprised. Uh, <laughs> he was in charge, and he sucked. I thought he sucked. Well, he was like okay. He wasn't really in charge because he was like on one side. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't running it. You know, he was in it. <laughs> he was like he had a stake in it. He was That's- debating Donald Trump. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right. Well, his regret, not surprisingly, is not that he acted as a hyperpartisan on behalf of Joe Biden, who, if left alone, if Donald Trump would have let him continue to babble, would have completely embarrassed himself. So Wallace rescued him many times, confronted the president with ridiculous allegations and accusations that we'll get into. But his regret is not how he embarrassed himself and helped Joe Biden. It is that um, he is disappointed that he couldn't cut off Donald Trump even more than he attempted to. I was going to say, did he just did he say he because I didn't read the New York Times article, but I was I would guess that he said he just regretted how much Donald Trump sucked. You know, like, you know, like that would be the kind of thing I would expect him to say. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. This article that was in the New York Times, it's being picked up. And here's what he said. You know, the the arrogance, I don't that's not even the word. Um, These people are complete narcissists. They have such a high opinion of themselves. And here's what he said. I'm a pro. I've never (laughs) been through anything like this. Like, dude, don't try managing a couple of teenagers. What What do you mean you're a pro? You're not a pro. Well, apparently he's not a pro if he can't handle presidential debate. You know, and I'd like to point out, um, the, he puts this on um, on Trump, but the first person to interrupt was Biden, not Trump. That's right. Talk about that a little bit because I know well, uh, Ari no, Fleischer I- looked at that. I went through it again and it's Trump didn't start Trump didn't start with the interruption. Biden started with the interruptions. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to talk about who who took the train off the so- rails and we'll talk about the train later and Joe Biden. <laughs> but who got <laughs> who took the train off the rails? It was Biden who started. And then, you know, Trump, Trump gives as good as he gets. And I think that what what they did to Biden is after, I don't know, like hooking up electrodes to his brain and trying to (laughs) download information into it. They sent him out there and they told him to do two things, 
to say anything Trump said was a lie and to say anything that Trump said about him had been debunked. And that way he was off scot-free, right? He didn't have to answer anything Trump said because it's not true. And Chris Wallace, the shitty debate moderator that he is, moderator that he was, did, doesn't follow up, right? If if Biden, when Biden piped in and said, oh, that's a lie, oh, that's not true. But Chris Wallace didn't say, well, Joe, tell us what is true. You know, tell us what is the real number or, you know, tell us what your plan is to save everybody from the coronavirus that Donald Trump didn't do. Um, part of his responsibility as a debate moderator for somebody who's watching this and wants to learn about the candidates and wants to just, you know, see the see them differentiated is to is to follow up, not rudely, but follow up. Well, you said this, but my records show this happened or or vice versa. And, you know, Wallace was just a total failure. I mean, the big takeaway wasn't even about the candidates. For me, it was just like, God, Chris Wallace just really sucks. <laughs> Which I think you're onto something there because a lot of the quick instant polls, aside from CNN that had Biden winning at like 65%. Was it a, but, poll, a CNN poll of their newsroom? That sounds like a newsroom <laughs> poll. It was just a poll of Brian Stelter and Anderson Cooper right. and Chris Cuomo. And the Cuomo boys. <laughs> um. So, but... It, it was not a it was not a win for Joe Biden. And the more distance that you have from it a few nights ago, the more you see, I think the Trump tactic was twofold. Number one um, was knowing that Chris Wallace would interfere on Biden's behalf and protect him, ask questions that were completely slanted in Biden's favor and against the president. So he was going to be on the attack for that. Secondly, there were interesting clips going around this week showing the 2012 2012 debate between Biden and Paul Ryan, when Biden clearly uh, several times over and over uh, mocked Paul Ryan, interrupted him, you know, did his Biden shitty shit eating grin, you know, laughing because he thinks like he's so maniac. good looking. Yes, right, like right, a maniac, right. like, like Hillary does, too, when she gets nervous. That yeah, they like throw their head laugh. back. It's like so dramatic. So I think they were sort of prepared for that. But of course, the Joe Biden of 2012 which is long gone. Um, but what did you what did you think of the president's performance? And if we get more debates now, the debate commission is going to again step in on Biden's behalf because the man who wants to run the free world can't get through a 90 minute debate with Donald Trump without some kind of help. Right. So well, they're going to change the rules. Well, of course. And 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 remember, this is what the Democrats do. If they things don't go their way, they change the rules. And I wrote a little bit about that this in my morning greatness this morning. What are all the things the Democrats have tried to change the rules for because it didn't go their way? Well, they want to get rid of the Electoral College because the dummies in Arkansas don't want Manhattanites telling them how to run their state. Mm -hmm. They want to um, get rid of voting, like voter ID. They don't want voter ID because, you know, that forces only people with valid U.S. IDs to vote. And apparently there are people out there that have absolutely not a single piece of personal identification, which is amazing at this point Terrifying. Um, you can't right. even get a cell phone contract I don't know maybe they buy it at 7-eleven I don't know <laughs> um but they 
are always changing the rules. They don't like the Supreme Court. There's too many conservatives, so they're going to pack the court. They didn't like the filibuster, so Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster. The Democrats change the rules when it doesn't go their way. And so I'm not surprised that the debate commission came out to do this. It doesn't it doesn't speak well for Biden's ability, um, but I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think whatever whatever format because I think the next format is a town hall so it it should be less confrontational right they're answering questions they're not of other people unless Biden does all dog face pony soldier on some poor sucker who's asked a question (laughs) Mm -hmm. but so I think it's going to be less confrontational between the two candidates but going back to the actual debate, I thought that Trump's performance was okay. I didn't like the debate. It made me very anxious. I don't like disorder. I don't like people yelling at each other. It gets me very anxious. Um, I wanted to listen for information. I, Whenever I watch these, I mean, I'm a seasoned political consultant and writer, mm-hmm. and you are too. I'm not the average viewer of a debate, um, you know. But I try and think of if you're a, a just a regular person who's marginally politically aware and you're tuning in, you're like, what do these people stand for? Then you leave pretty, pretty unsatisfied. Now, with Trump, you kind of know what he stands for because he's been in office for four years. You've seen the things he's done. Um, so you kind of know about Trump. But Biden really, I mean, Biden was veep. You know, what did he do? He opens libraries. He goes to state funerals out of the country that Obama doesn't think is important enough for him to attend. Um, You know, what is Biden's policy? Well, you're going to tune in to get that. We didn't really get Biden's policy. He he certainly was afraid to come on about the Supreme Court. He didn't want to talk about packing the court. Apparently, he's against the Green New Deal, even though his website says he does support the Green New Deal. Um, You really just didn't walk away from that fulfilled at all about anyone's about Biden's policies, most of all. Again, at this point, Donald Trump's the most overexposed person on the planet. So mm-hmm. you kind of do know what 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 Trump's about. But Biden, I think, was a bigger question, and you certainly didn't didn't walk away with that. There were a lot of missed opportunities for Trump. Yes. I, I feel like there were so many missed opportunities. Um, but I think he may have been a little surprised that Biden started out maybe not maybe he watched the I barely remember the Ryan Biden debate in 2008 or 20 whenever that was I tried to forget Romney was 2012 2012 2012. but um maybe he was you know once once that first punch is thrown it it becomes less it becomes more of a like aggressive defense of yourself at all costs and less of an actual policy discussion or rational based conversation. So I think Trump missed a lot of opportunities. I agree with you there. And I'm hoping that as he, now the next moderator is Stephen Scully. Um, you know, the, next the totally moderator is Jill Biden, Jill Biden <laughs> will be debating next. Dr. Excuse me. Do- Dr. Oh, Dr. Dr. Jill Biden. One word. One word. <laughs> So hopefully, I mean, he is a low-key professional. If we have any hope of having some kind of a balanced debate, it will be because of him. Um, But yes, Trump definitely, he needs to let Biden step all over himself, which Biden out of the gate was already doing. 
I mean, I was watching it with a bunch of friends and we were already cringing at Biden, like, okay, this is good. He's, you know, already babbling and not making sense. Um, And so Trump just needs to let Biden be Biden. And uh, he stepped all over the Hunter Biden answers as Biden was flailing to answer that. Again, a question that Chris Wallace should have presented to Joe Biden, not to Donald Trump. Um, There were no. But here's the thing. Joe Biden doesn't want to run on his 47 year record, basically of failure of foreign wars that failed with no end responsible for killing literally millions of people in the world. I I mean, not Americans, but across the world for uh, what the better part of 20 years. Um, he shipped jobs overseas with their trade deals and with his cozying up to China. He has no agenda moving forward. He refuses to answer questions about court packing. I'd like to see him answer questions about getting rid of the electoral college, How about statehood like, for DC and Puerto Rico. What about the authority that he believes he has to force everybody to wear a mask? Right. Or, or he complains about the economy and yet wants everything shut down because of the virus. So it's like, that was a big thing. I, I think Trump doesn't prepare for the debates, right? He, he treats it like open mic night, you know, it's stand up. He's going to go, right. Like he's just going to go, he's going to just, he's going to do jazz odyssey. If you've watched spinal tap, he does jazz odyssey. (laughs) He's going to go out there. He's going to improv. The problem is he really does need to know to be to refresh and brief on the facts because there are ways of answering the question where you can put a shiv in, um, you know, Biden, where like when you get a, a question on coronavirus, he can talk about all the efforts he made to get PPE because Obama Biden depleted it all. And when he took office, there was nothing left, you know, little things like that where he didn't he didn't necessarily mention it or um Things like that. I felt like when he was questioned on the infamous, uh, the only important issue in the debate, which was about white supremacy, as it always is, the only issue, um, you know, why Trump could have taken the opportunity to say, yeah, I, I oppose white supremacy. I oppose racism. And that's why I just canceled critical race theory being funded by the federal government and all our agencies. Because I don't think, you know, we should single out anyone based on their race. And, you know, there are little ways of kind of slipping in factoids that distinguish him from Biden and make it clear what you would be getting if Biden were president. And, you know, those are just missed opportunities. They are. And um, so and we have we're recording this on Thursday. Biden, again, has called another lid. It's like noon, right? Noon, he called it. Was it even? Yeah, it must have been at least. least. Um, So obviously we have a man who has no interest, doesn't need to campaign, um, has the media doing it for him because now Trump is uh, under immense fire once again from the media about this ridiculous comments on white supremacy. How many times does the man have to come out? And say he condemns white supremacy, which is not even a blip of a threat in this country compared to the violence backed by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. But here they are again, just assaulting uh, the press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, again today, 
doing the Democrats dirty work for them on an imaginary issue and service of covering up for Joe Biden and the Democrats. It's it's totally an imaginary issue, even to, to get a sense of how duplicitous and evil the media is. If you watch the debate and you read the transcripts, you read that Donald Trump actually did con- condemn white supremacy. He did. And the media just said he didn't. And that's what their right. headlines are. He literally said, sure, I will. I just want peace. He, he said it. But that's not the headlines. And and when we talk about why Joe Biden takes a lid after being awake for 45 minutes, it's because he doesn't have to campaign. The media is doing it all for him. The media, <coughs> excuse me, is making up or projecting whatever they want. And they're telling it like it's the truth, whether or not it is the truth. And so people have people believe it. They think Trump didn't condemn white supremacy. He totally did condemn. He's condemned it many, many times. It's just so ridiculous. And it's like it doesn't matter because that's the narrative. It's that that's going that is their big hit on Trump. It's that Trump didn't do anything on coronavirus and Trump is a white supremacist, even though. I mean, the the Proud Boys, right? Let's look at the Proud Boys. Proud Boys, I know who they are vaguely, right? I heard, you know, every now and then I'll see, oh, the Proud Boys this, Proud Boys that. I don't really know anything about them, <clears throat> excuse me, but I do know that they're not burning down cities. I know that they're not assaulting people at restaurants. I know that they're not um, r- looting and rioting. I know they're not throwing explosive devices at our law enforcement. So what is the issue with the Proud Boys is that they don't follow the social justice orthodoxy. So we need to beat them down. Well, yes, it is. That's that's what it is. I mean, we the media is also the thought police and the purity police. And this idea that as the Democrats are getting their way in some regard to defunding the police, leaving people right now, it's in uh, inner cities but it's going to spread and it already is by immobilizing police officers, either by defunding them, threatening them with litigation. They don't want to take any kind of steps to stop violence because then you're all over social media. It doesn't matter what you do. So they are now impotent for the most part. And at the same time, telling people you don't have a right to defend yourself and you can't have any kind of organization that, touts defending yourself or the constitution (laughs) or anything like that and so they demonize couples in st louis or they demonize a 17 year old boy which the joe biden campaign despicably did in a video this week accusing kyle rittenhouse of being a white supremacist so that's um, what the splc does i mean that is one feature of the left is that they have these pseudo authorities and institutions that decide what is unacceptable thoughts and political beliefs. And then they label them as bad. And then then they're fair game. You know, that that's what the SPLC hate list is. It's just a bunch of, of groups. Most of them are just or religious or they don't they maybe they oppose gay marriage. So they're officially called a hate group. And it's it's very it's a very scary time when someone can be canceled or really ruined. Um, I think 
in in Nebraska last week, a gentleman k- killed himself. You did you hear about this business yes. owner? Mm-hmm. This poor gentleman committed suicide after he was defending his business from these monsters. They attacked him and he shot one of them because the guy had jumped on his back and started choking him. And at first, the um, prosecutor wasn't going to press charges, the law enforcement and the uh, criminal, the justice system. And then they got pressure and then they started and then they pressed charges and he lost his lease for his bar and they took down, there was a GoFundMe set up to help him with his defenses and GoFundMe canceled it. So he just gave up. But that's really what the left wants you to do. They want to break you so you either submit or that you just kill yourself. Right. Well, hopefully you don't kill yourself so they can torture you first and make, you know, let your misery go on and on and then maybe kill yourself because it's not gratifying enough for them. I mean, these are truly dangerous people. And we saw another bit of that this week, if we want to pivot to a minute for uh, James Comey, quote unquote, testimony. Some other comments that are being made this week about for we have to we have to acknowledge the fact that the FBI is a diseased institution run and populated by deranged people who hate this country, hate Americans, have some sort of weird obsession with Russia have no plan to confront our real enemies. The more you hear these people talk, the more terrified every American should be because you could be on the Democratic side right now laughing that Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe, now Christopher Ray, et cetera, are getting away with all of this, right? You can laugh now. It's only a matter of time before these Democrats find themselves on the outs of the far left radicals and they will use these tools against them too. Well, if there are any moderates left, you know, most of the Democrats are spitting out the progressive platitudes to stay on the state safe side. But it does make you wonder how many people have been wrongly prosecuted by the like what other hijinks have the Department of Justice been engaged in? And and one case of that is really well detailed in Sidney Powell's book on her time when she defended someone that was charged in the Enron scandal <clears throat> and the her the person that she defended this gentleman he didn't work for Enron he worked mm-hmm. for like for um a vendor of Enron and this case went on for 10 years and he mm-hmm. did end up uh, spending a year in jail but reading Sidney Powell's book and this happened you know back in I think it finally finished in 2012, the saga, it was the same people that whose names we saw in the Russia hoax, and they were doing the same things. Now, there wasn't a FISA application involved, but there was withholding exculpatory evidence right out of the gate. For 10 years, they, they tormented this man when they had all along had totally exculpatory evidence. So that's just one instance of these law enforcement officials, these administrative bureaucrats that are just drunk with power and are using it to their own advantage and to suit their own political needs. It really does make you wonder because it's not like everything was great and then Trump happened and this is an aberration. I don't think it's an aberration at all. I think it's the business model. 
I think you're probably right. And it should, it, it's really terrifying, especially <laughs> for say those of us who have been so critical of what's been going on the past four or five years when the Democrats take over, how they will use that against just people who have been critical in either journalistic or commentary position, how they'll use that against, say, our side. For well, one, one thing that will definitely happen is that <clears throat> unlike the sad sack Republicans, they will get down to business yep. as far as using the federal agencies to stomp out opposition. So, for example, like Parler, they're probably going to, you know, have some hearings about Parler. Maybe there's going to be some audits. Maybe there's going to be, um, you know, official criminal investigation. You know what I mean? They are going to come after a place like Parler or a place like BitChute. These places that do do not really censor what people say, you know, that they, they're not on the Twitter or Facebook regime of censorship and labeling things true or untrue based on their political opinions of their liberal com- companies. So that's 100 percent going to happen. They are going to use the fo- their force and authority to shut down and not allow websites to be published for let's I mean, that's right. You won't even be able to to make another Facebook type app. You know, these right. these these uh, never Trumpers or whatever, they always say, oh, well, it's private property. Start your own internet, dummy. You know, you're not going to be able to start your own anything. They're not going to, they're going to go after companies that host your website and they're going to say, well, you know, you're not in compliance with our new um, <clears throat> thought police guidelines. So we're not going to let you, um, you can't publish this website. You know, you can't buy hosting on it and publish a website. Those kinds of things are absolutely going to happen. It's going to be impossible for people to communicate. And that was one of the main things that really helped Trump in 2016 were outlets like Facebook, you know, where people could find each other. People could share information. People could grow. You know, really, things could go viral. Now that's that's over and it's probably never going to happen again. It isn't. And as we know, and we've talked about this and we've covered this part of this so-called transition integrity project, which needs to get a lot more attention, but they are in cahoots with big tech. I mean, every single funder, every big tech organization, outlet, uh, monopoly from Google, Facebook, Twitter, Snap, um, they all are tied to this effort after the election, even now. I mean, we see the president's tweets are getting censored by Twitter for daring to discuss fraudulent mail-in voting. They claim that it's without evidence, that instances of voter... It's literally in the news. It's literally in the news. Every hour. But here is Twitter censoring people, lying on their quote-unquote platform, right, because it's a neutral platform, um, to to try to convince people that all of this voting is totally legit. Don't, you know, don't don't believe what you're seeing in front of your very eyes. Stories from every state every day about how this is being manipulated and corrupted. Undercover journalists going to, say, Minnesota and finding yeah. out how ballot harvesting uh, is working or 700,000 ballots in Texas. I mean, it's every day this is coming. So Twitter, Facebook, 
Now, the Democrats are really piling on Facebook, even though Zuckerberg is happily, you know, bending over every time they ask something. But they know if he doesn't fully comply with their demands, which basically is shutting down any post related to the president winning the election, any Republican candidates who declare victory before they say it's okay, anything about ballot harvesting, absentee ballot fraud, etc. You probably couldn't run an ad like if I wanted to buy an ad and say, if it you know, the most secure way to vote is in person, you know, like anything like that, then they probably wouldn't allow that. I think Twitter shut down all political ads. I believe, I think it's 30 days out. So it it might already be in effect. Almost 30 days out. I think it's, it, I think it's 31 days out. It might be starting tomorrow. Um, but it's, I mean, Ask yourself, I'm talking to the listener because I already know your answer, Julie, you know, if this is the way you want to live with somebody restricting your ability to express yourself, if you're not telling people to go do violent things like ordering, hey, go do go kill them. You know, if you're not literally inciting violence, then you should be able to say what you want to say. It may be disgusting. It may be pernicious, but you should still should be able to express yourself. And of course, these are private, private companies and they are, um, you know, it is private property the way that, you know, my, I wouldn't let anybody do whatever they wanted in, in my house. But what the left is doing is beyond just pressuring these companies to, to do that. They wouldn't, they would deny you the ability to build your a house in the first place. You know, I mean, that's kind of a good analogy. If, if. I wanted to build a house where I could say what I want. They would say, we're going to talk to your contractors. We're going to tell Home Depot not to sell you any wood for framing. We're mm-hmm. not going to tell, we're going to tell the electric company not to run electricity to your house. That's the kind of thing that they're, that they're doing in addition to pressuring. Although some of these companies, I don't think need much pressure. The Twitter people they are don't. especially disgusting. But mm-hmm. I do think at least at first, Mark Zuckerberg tried to say, we're not umpires, you know, and that's really the correct, that's really the correct attitude. If, if you know, you should be able to block words you don't want to see on Facebook. You don't want to see Biden's name put in the term and you never see anything that says Biden. Um, but that's. Or that's, you could put in the word lid. And that would Lid. do the same oh, thing. Oh, well, that you wouldn't see Biden anyway because he is napping. But that's kind of where we are is this this terrifying mob rule by censorship. And you know what? It's not even a mob. That's really a misnomer because it isn't the majority. It's a very loud minority. That That's really – it's not even a majority mob. It's just an angry group of loud people who are unhinged. You know, um, so you're right. And it's no coincidence that the public policy director from Twitter left that company a few weeks ago and went directly to the Biden transition team. I mean, you see this ongoing marriage between the Democrats and um, or the left and big tech. And what you're saying is exactly right. So people want to think what Liz is saying about, you know, not supplying materials or electricity. Go see what's happening with the lockdown. I mean, that this lockdown Gives yeah, I mean, they've a, already done it. <laughs> they have. They've cut off power to people who are having parties when they weren't supposed to be. 
They're arresting people who are have more than the allotted six people social distancing gatherings in their own private homes. This is actually, in a way, as devastating and, and destructive as it's been, a good glimpse into the future of what we can expect when the left get, you know, is fully in charge, you saw social media companies who were banning doctors who spoke out of line with whatever. The, they took their website down. That's they right. literally took their hosting down. It wasn't even, it, I mean, it's bad enough that Twitter and Facebook and YouTube censored these people, but this woman had her own website and they went to the host and said, don't, don't provide this woman a service. Well, remember the hot doctors who came yeah. out in April right. and they were like, well, this is what we're seeing. They shut them down. Um, they're shutting down, you know, posts about um, the drug that uh, I hydroxychloroquine. Right. Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. They were censoring that, um, you know, pretty soon they're going to be censoring posts about herd immunity, which is has been widely accepted for over a century, at I least in are, terms of vaccines. They, they probably they? are. So for anyone who thinks that it is so far-fetched to believe that the left, after this election, the Democrats take over, are going to go to these extremes to punish anyone who dares to speak or behave outside of their accepted doctrine, you are wrong. We see what is already in store. It's coming for all of us if these people, they're already in power. If they take the White House and the Senate, it's this over. is going, it's over. It's and over. that's not an exaggeration. No, it's over. I think I really, um, I was really disgusted of all of the crazy punishments um, to the non-conformers um, was when they tased the woman who didn't have a mask on. She was outside. Did you see this? She was arrested, yes. but she was tased. She right. was sitting outside. I think she was at a ballpark. She was not near anyone. She wasn't near anyone. She was sitting alone. She didn't have a mask on. She had asthma. And the mask is, you know, as you know, it restricts your oxygen. I would imagine if you have trouble breathing, a mask, that mask would not be a good option for you. And right. they um they tased her right. and they arrested her. So that is, you know, the police are doing that and they can't arrest people who are beating others and burning shit down and burning neighborhoods and making noise. So it's it's. It's a ter it's very it's terrifying um, what is up ahead. And I think what's even more terrifying is that even if Trump gets in office, I mean, you're talking about a federal bureaucracy. That's 90 percent. You can write them off. They're bad right. actors. There's whistleblowers. There's people w looking to sabotage Trump now. And that's going to and if he wins again, that's exact. It's going to be more of the same, even if, God forbid, the Democrats control the House and they continue their witch hunts. It's just going to be more and more. And then when Trump is done, then what? Who is the next Trump? Well, here's the thing I was talking about with my husband actually yesterday. If Trump loses, what happens? And, you know, there's this thought process that, well, once Trump is gone, then the cancer is going to be cut out of the country. Biden's going to come in and heal everyone, which of course we will never forget. He will, we'll never accept him as our president, just like they didn't with Trump. So fuck you, no. But um, <laughs> Trump is not going anywhere. Right. And one thing that has to concern the Democrats 
is that, and this is why they are going to try to arrest him. And this is also part of the transition integrity project. It doesn't end when they get their wish with Joe Biden in the Oval Office. They are going to try to criminally pursue, which they already are and have been, Donald Trump, his family, his business organizations to shut that down. But in the process, Trump is in a way could be more effective and more powerful outside of the White House because at least until he gets arrested and goes to right. how long China. how long do you think they're going to let Trump operate outside of the government they're going <clears throat> we've already heard little mumblings about the especially from the southern district of New York that giant sewer mm-hmm. uh, say that you know we we can we're going to prosecute him after he leaves office right um, so are they going to let him operate what like let's say he decides to start a media company or something right what where is he going to what resources is he going to use to build that where is he going to host is he going to have to host it in like north korea like kim his buddy kim jong un will let him use hosting Maybe. in north korea just kidding but right. what where's he going to what's he going to do and then once the uh Biden and the well, not really Biden, but the avatar of Biden, Harris and that Ilan Omar and AOC. Right. They'll they'll start conditioning foreign policy relations on, you know, it's not like he ha- I mean, Trump's been making friends all over the world. You know, certainly he's got some friends in the Middle East that really helped him broker the peace peace deal between the U- between UAE and the Gulf states and Israel. They'll just say, we're not going to we're going to cut you off if you offer any help to Trump. You know, if you give him money for his media project, if you you know, that's the way they work. So Trump may not go anywhere, but how long before Trump is in jail? And they cut they cut off all of Trump's limbs. Not long. Because because Trump is just a symbol. Trump is a symbol of the people, (laughs) you know, then Mm -hmm. and they don't want this movement. That's why they have to make the decisions for us that we're too stupid to make for our own, for ourselves. They That's need right. to make the right decisions. We were dumb. We don't know. Help right. us smart people. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, ironically. Well, no, but this is the dystopia that we are looking into. And I don't know how. And let's go back to also the Senate Republicans, how just. Cowardly is not even the right word. They had the Senate for four years while Trump was president. They were complicit in the first two years of trying to sabotage him and derail his presidency. Hopefully they were trying to end it. They didn't take on big tech like they could have. Uh, The Justice Department did not either. They did not take on these corrupt DOJ and FBI uh, uh, thugs as they could have. They've done nothing to, and this is just the ongoing failure of the Republican Party, establishment Republican Party and conservative movement, who just cowered in the corner, sucking their thumbs, while the left took over every institution in America, from corporate boardrooms to academia to the media, everything. We have been left completely defenseless because these cowards are either in cahoots with the Democrats or they're just too weak, spineless. Think Mitt Romney, Ben Sass-ish. Yeah. They think acting like a tough guy is putting something on Twitter 
or giving a CNN interview. Meanwhile, half the country is going to be left defenseless because they have given us no tools, no power, not one person accountable for what has been done to this country in the past four years. And you know what? I hope they go for them first. I hope the first people that the left goes for are the weak weaklings like Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, et cetera. Well, I could go well, on. They better hope the people don't, you know what I mean? Like this isn't just gonna, this isn't just gonna go away quietly. Right. You know, like they want to think, Oh, um, we're just going to shut up. Well, you know, there's a lot of you're talking about at least 65 million people who aren't going to be happy about this. And a you're good right. number of them, um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. So if it, you know, and and I wouldn't be surprised if those people, t- you know, go after the 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 turncoats, the traitors first. But Here's I mean, a thought. Stop. Stop growing food for the blue states. Then you want to play this game? OK, grow your own food. We we're not going to. I mean, I know that was part of the lockdown. It sounds silly, but these truck drivers were like, I'm not going into these blue cities. I'm going to get attacked. So I'm not going there. We should. That would be a really good grassroots project where we would get all the people on the right to lobby the trucking companies and say, like, you know, we don't like they do to us and be like, we don't want you delivering food, you know. And if any red state has gives any water to these other states, be like, it's done. No more water. Or like California, who doesn't have nearly enough water or electricity for itself. Although it's surrounded by pretty much blue states anyway. And that's too bad. But why not? Yeah, I'm sorry. You need animal feed. Well, you're not going to get it from Iowa. You're not going to get it from Indiana. You know what? Um, Let's see. Pick a state. Do you want anything from Florida? Like, do you want oranges? You want citrus? No citrus. That's right. Yep. No peaches from Georgia. You're cut off. (laughs) You're cut off. No, but I, I mean, but you and I have talked about this many times in, in our group chats. We do, too. We struggle with what's the retaliation. But once we once the people and you're right, there's tens of millions of people who are going to be infuriated after they steal this election, after they start arresting Trump family members or the president himself or try to shut down his businesses. They go after other journalists. They go after other Republican lawmakers, say like a Devin Nunes, which they already tried to, and they'll re-up that again. There has to be a movement to retaliate. If you don't think that there are are militias that are just one firing synapse away (laughs) from forming kill squads, you are mistaken. I mean, the fact that Trump is in office keeps them from doing that. You know what I mean? Like, the minute they think that there's no hope, I mean – these these people who are unstable, that's all they need, man. They're it, 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 and that's what's so disgusting about all of this is that this is such a selfish, despicable power grab. There is no disregard for the good of society as a whole. And mm-hmm. that is also goes into how disgusting the media is lying to people. They did it in 2016 where they led everyone to believe that Trump was going to lose. And then they basically helped create. This massive divide in the country where where people believe the total lies of the media and then other people who don't depend on New York Times or the Atlantic for their information, they believe something entirely different. And this is what they're doing with the voting. I mean, once people think that the voting has no integrity, then we're then what? Then what kind of what how do we run our country? How do we govern our country when there's no faith in the system? 
Yeah, that's and I do think that that's why you're starting to see such long lines. I mean, I even see it down here and I'm in a pretty I would call it purplish area. Um, People standing in line, people want their vote counted. They want to think that at least this time around, maybe not in Illinois, you're not going to elect Donald Trump in Virginia. You're not either. But people, regardless, they want to feel like their voice is being heard through a ballot. So they're not going to. And you saw the Democrats kind of pivot on this a few weeks ago when they were like, oh, well, we're encouraging in-person voting now because I think that they saw that people don't trust this mail-in balloting, that they want to feel like this is somehow legitimate, at least most decent people. Well, let's talk about why people don't think mail-in ballot is secure. And let's put aside the fact that there's all these anecdotes of people getting 20 ballots and different names and they're finding them in ditches or in the back of some Ilan Omar operative in Minnesota or Minneapolis. Who was the first to so doubt about the U.S. Postal Service ability for mail? It was the media. And the Democrats, they were talking Trump's messing with the post office. Trump's they're throwing out machines. Nobody's working. They're not, you know, they're stealing. Po- Remember that they're stealing mailboxes. Oh, God. Right. Who that was that? so two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Who started that, though? Who was the first move to discredit the electoral process? Right. It was the Democrats and and the and and the left. And they did that so that even if Trump wins, they can uh, continue to say because they really have never accepted him as right. pres- as the president. Look, I didn't like Obama. You didn't like Obama. No. He was he was still the president. I mean, I'm not going around going he's not the president like a mad woman or something, you know? So the the But now we will. Well, we learned our not? lesson. Now I'm yeah. just going to be like I I live in an anarchy, you know, I'm a <laughs> whatever independent <laughs> independent citizen of the world now and I don't follow laws good luck with that but we live in a, in a <clears throat> autonomous zone Joe well, just call Biden 46 like Maxine Waters I'm at 46 I won't say his name uh, but again like who start who started to break apart the bonds of civil society on the voting it was the Democrats and the left making up stories about all the shit Trump was doing to the U.S. Postal Service most of which is most of which is are lies, you know, it, it, and 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 that and that's how they op. I mean, that's what that's what they've done all all throughout Trump's term is undermine any authority he has and his ability to to, to do do his job. But once Trump's out. You know, people are well behaved right now, but if if they think that there's been a great unju- injustice. And that there's tyranny afoot. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, we don't have control over those people. Well, part of their plan, and this is what will set the Midwest on fire where I am, is the idea that let's say a Michigan, Michigan, I, I, I think it's, it'll be hard for Trump to hold on to, although they do have a tight Senate race there. So it'll be interesting. I think he's got a better shot at Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. But these all have they all have Democratic governors. So the idea is even in a tough race, let's say that horrible, wretched Gretchen Whit- Whitmer, Hitler, Gretchen, Hitler. Gretchen Hitler, because we know she loves media attention and loves to be seen as this sort of rogue uh, you know, leader is sending an alternative slate of electors to the electoral college outside of what the voters have voted for. Wait, is and she you, definitely doing this? 
this is part of the transition integrity projects plan. And it's specifically says Michigan. I think the Supreme Court. Of course it is. Well, then she can send, like, I think we said this last week, where I was like, she can send the Taco Bell Chihuahua. (laughs) That's not going to get recognized. I mean, she. But will it? But think about it. I mean, if she does that and other people do it, the governor of Michigan does it or the governor of Wisconsin, who I would have not put it past him at all. If they all did it, how, how do you how do you stop it? You They can just say no. I mean, we know the results of your election and the results of your election are this. And that's how we're going to assume that rightful electors would vote. Right. I mean, who knows? I don't know who's responsible for that decision. I guess I'm, I don't really know the pro- it, it, it's sad because I've never paid super close attention to the the details of this process since it sort of is supposed to just go off smoothly without without controversy but whoever and remember they tried to do that in 2016 they were picking off trump electors they were trying trying yeah weren't they blackmailing them or like private investigators yes yeah and you know what that's a that's interesting because i'm pretty sure that's a federal crime those people should have been prosecuted yes like in other words the trump administration should have been whoever is bullying you or trying to manipulate your 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 job that is you know you're defrauding the federal government and you need to be prosecuted did that happen no it didn't happen which means that to the democrats it's a green light i was like oh okay we can totally do this it's just total lawlessness i mean you really sense on so so many levels so to the extent that we'll know this you know you want to believe what's against the law the courts will stop somebody will stop it but none of this has been stopped. None of it really has been punished. Um, and so to the extent that we could anticipate that there will be some kind of rules and like they used to love to say democratic norms, they are torching every single one with it's this them in too. mind. That's they right. always say it's Trump. Trump is breaking the norms. It's like you're, just like they say Trump was the buffoon in the debate no it's joe biden it's like they're the ones who do it first they're the ones the what to not to accept a duly elected president of the united states and quote resist that's that is norm breaking so yeah i'm not really sure how that would work um you know the supreme court has said they can't do that so i guess they could try it just depends i want to think it's unlikely but at this point you know, it's, I, I really have no no evidence to say it's unlikely, <laughs> you know. It's, <laughs> I know we don't. I mean, we could be laughing at our, you know, what we're saying right now in four months from the gulag. Like, oh, remember when we thought that <laughs> after we finished <laughs> our so gruel, <laughs> after we finished our gruel after on the labor lines and we we're laugh. and we're pounding rocks for 12 hours, like somewhere in Nevada. <laughs> yep. It's going it, yeah, it's going to be terrible. Anyway, well on that happy note. Yes. Yeah, so that's um oh, we didn't even a, get to our Biden clip. Should we play that? No, that's fine. I mean, right. we we've we've chatted. We're depressed enough. We've chatted enough. We we what's going forward? We have a, next week we have a vice presidential debate with Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Um, and then I think there's another debate like the 12th or something of October, if the, if it happens, right. Cause that's up right. in the air. Um, if it happens, they'll probably put 
they'll probably the new debate format will be Trump will be in just in a a silo like a cylinder uh, that's soundproof and then just the whole, that's it the whole time like and then Biden will just take questions and that will be fair. Well, he called a lid again Thursday morning, so I assume that he is debate prepping for the debate in two weeks. No, he is not debate prepping. How often do you think Kamala Harris is going to interrupt Mike Pence on Tuesday? Do you think she'll get in his face, but that will be heralded and cheered as, you know, go girl. You go girl. You're so brave. I was that girl. Oh, I don't know. I mean... (laughs) The, here's the thing that there's a now there's a big difference between Mike Pence and I'm I'm not really a big Mike Pence fan, but I will say he's he's done a good job. He has supported the president like he's well, I don't know. Maybe I yeah. should. He's probably got leakers. Well, he does have leakers in his office, but whatever. Let's move on. But the difference is that Mike Pence is very slick mm-hmm. and Trump is not. Trump is like the guy who you get in a fight with at like a filthy dive bar where the alcoholics are and there's gum on the wall in the bathroom. Right. Mike Pence is a slickster. He is a practiced, polished slickster. It's going to be a lot harder for Kamala to go after him and not look like a fucking crazy bitch. You know, if she starts yes. getting all shrill because Pence is like. He's even keel. He's not going to break. He's not going to get angry. He's just going to sit there and look at her like she's a toddler having a tantrum. So she can try it. But Pence is going to be very calm, very practiced. He's going to give good answers because he's probably been debate prepping for four years, you know, like because he probably thinks he's going to be the president after Trump. So or eventually. Yes. Uh, What? So. He's it, so it's a it's going to be a very different dynamic. Now Kamala's going to try and get sassy, but Pence is probably going to try and pin her down on a lot of the things that the Democrats don't want to get pinned down on. Unlike Trump, who's more interested in who's more like prioritizes a bravado over the substantive uh, dings. You know, he will push her on the Green New Deal. He's going to push her on the Supreme Court, on the new states, on whatever ridiculous voting requirements that they have that are probably permanent, by the way, you know what I mean? Like these are not, they're not, not This isn't a temporary thing. This is forever. Um, So I I think that's going to be different. I'm going to watch it just because I do think Mike Pence will be able to handle Kamala. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think he will, like you just said, will have a calm approach to hold her feet to the fire on her far left agenda with and hopefully a lot of the comments that she's made about Joe Biden particularly about race be nice to make that an issue yeah to revisit <clears throat> Joe's sudden status as not a racist um and but Joe Biden is literally has a very bad racial history <laughs> so yes. that's going to be I hope Pence asks her about, you know, why Biden gave you the eulogy at Robert Byrd, who is a grand Klegel, you know, mm-hmm. and the KKK. He eulogized him. Didn't he say he didn't want his kids living in a jungle? I and thought by jungle, something like that. He yes. meant black people. He did, and he didn't mean like the Amazon. He meant black people. Mm-hmm. So that would be something good for Pence to do. But I, I have more confidence in that. I think that's going to be a much better a, a much more you probably people will probably to be honest we all know that if joe biden wins kamala is really going to be the president so that's going to be a much that's actually probably the even more valuable debate and, to watch for policy 
I think that that you just hit on something so important that has been wildly overlooked by the Trump campaign and the GOP is the fact that Joe Biden is going to be 78 years old when he's sworn in. Kamala Harris is, you know, one sleepy, one nap, one unawakened nap away from being <laughs> one heartbeat, one, <laughs> one over zapped, you know, brain stimulation away from being the president. And even if yeah. even if Biden's still technically alive, like now, she's still going to be calling the shots. I mean, if you have this guy, look, their pretense for this is that the virus is so deadly and so dangerous. Biden can't do campaigns like Trump, who's reckless and doesn't care how many people die by going to his rallies. Okay, let's grant them that. Then you can spend all day in front of your computer doing virtual meetings all day long. Oh, I'm meeting with these people in Michigan, and then later I'm going to meet with the Iowa people. And then I'm going to, I mean, if you think about it, you could literally cross the whole country in a day just talking to different groups of people, and you wouldn't have to leave your home. If, you know, if that it was if it really was true that he's not campaigning because of the virus, but that's not why he's not campaigning. <clears throat> no. Uh, yes, that's obviously why. And then, don't, you, don't you think couldn't he could be all day long? Oh, I'm going to talk to people in New Mexico. He could even broadcast it. And so you can watch my conversation with with the New Mexico Democrat Party or the New Mexico Women's Club or the mm -hmm. Santa Rosa Antifa chapter in California or <laughs> Oregon, wherever they are. Those are his supporters. You know, he could do so you could do so much campaigning virtually if you really were trying to campaign during a pandemic. Right. Unless you weren't. You were and just doing back to back virtual events. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. He's not even doing that. Yep. He's not. So she's going to really be the president and her, you know, the AOC, Ilan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Freakazoids, mm -hmm. they're all going to be. And what's that other one? Rashida Tlaib. Rash we don't want to forget her. Where has she been? Notice how quiet the squad has been. Maybe. Well, Ilan Omar is probably being interrogated by the authorities uh, oh, after after. Well, after I think the police are investigating her ballot harvesting racket that yeah. James O'Keefe busted up, but they, to some extent, they do rely on vo actual votes. So they know that they're only safe to spew out their radicalism w after the election, but not too close to the next election mm -hmm. because, and plus it'll honestly, I think they know it'll hurt Biden. You know, if AOC is out there talking about taking everybody's, you know, anyone who makes over $200 a year is going to have all their wealth confiscated and distributed to, you know, whatever the rioters, you know, right. that's going to hurt Biden. So I think that they're laying low and there, I don't think, I know AOC is not in a competitive race. I don't think Ilan Omar is, but she's obviously got that covered, but I'm not sure about Rashida Tlaib or the other one, Ayanna Presley. They're probably safe, but you know, yeah. Let's not forget who's really the president going to be the president. And it's not going to be Joe Biden. No, it is not. It's not. It'll be also, let's not forget the shadow president, Barack Obama, who is still in Washington, D.C., calling lots of he's not. Shots. How far does he live from the White House? Probably like 100 feet or something like isn't he in, uh, in Georgetown? Yeah, he's in Georgetown. He's pretty close. He could get there in like 10 minutes without traffic or whatever. So yeah, he's that that's that's a good point. I think that's a point that um the Trump campaign hasn't done a good job of driving home, which is that it's you're going to get Obama again cuz Joe Biden can't possibly 
you know, he's not capable of actually running his own separate administration. So on that happy thought, (laughs) we will leave you until next week. And as always, we're so happy that you shared this Friday with us and we will, we'll see you in next week. Thanks for listening to happy hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.